Hello, I'm John Chambers, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Chambers Talks, my LinkedIn podcast. We usually talk on this podcast about tech disruptions, but today I want to talk about the terrible disruptions the pandemic is causing in India in particular, and the early urgent situation that that country is facing, and how each of us from around the world can be a great partner to India, as India has been a great partner to us in helping them navigate through these terrible challenges. Today, I'm talking to my very good friend and the leader of the U.S.-India Strategic Partnership Forum, Vikesh Aigi. He's the CEO of this organization. It's a nonprofit organization that brings together the businesses uh, from the U.S. and India and government leaders and the citizens to really uh, develop what I think will be the most strategic relationship between any two countries. Uh, as we said, we're going to focus really on leadership in each of these uh, Chambers Talk sessions, uh, lessons learned, et cetera. But today we're gonna share information more about the challenges in India and how a business is responding clearly with our goal to encourage businesses to give more, individuals give more regardless of size and to see if we can really make a difference. A lot of leadership lessons are learned during the good times, but actually as we talked before on these sessions, they're learned even more during the challenging times. And there's a lot of, uh, I hope, very important things that Makesh and I will be able to bring out today. Uh, we will also at the end call to action to ask you to get involved and consider really trying to make a difference. Together, there's almost nothing we can accomplish as individuals without the focus, then we often fall short of our goals. Vikesh, it's an honor. Uh, you, are, you and I have known each other for a very long time, and uh, it's truly a, a pleasure to be the chairman uh, and watch you, uh, Gaurav, and the team develop. Let's start by uh, sharing with the listeners, uh, what is USISPF and what are the goals? John, thank you for having me at the podcast. Uh, U.S. India Strategic Partnership Forum is an independent, not-for-profit organization trying to build stronger relationship, partnership between two countries, two democracies, which is India and the U.S. It is not just about geopolitics here. It's not just about uh, business to business. It's about people to people. It's about education. It's about technology. And it's important as governments come and go, we stand strong as an institution, ensuring that the relationship pivots in the right direction, moves in the right direction. So our role is, is more of a, a conscious holder for both countries to ensure that we leverage and benefit each other as we move forward as, as two nations. Well, you know, it's fascinating to me that during times of opportunity, but now during times of challenge, the U.S.-India relationship is, in our opinion, the most strategic relationship in the world. And uh, many of these organizations were founded uh, to refocus on trade. And yet uh, USISPF really focuses on bringing the, the relationships to life for all the citizens of the country really to make a difference. Uh, why do you think that the relationship is so important, both on the uh, overall again, issues between the two countries and why do you think it's so important to the citizens in each country? John, I think you have to understand we are both democracies, U.S. and India. We have same value system. Uh, we have same education environment, uh, same uh, tech community itself. We have four and a half million Indian Americans in the U.S. So it is important that we drive uh, our common goals, common purpose together because a stronger partnership means a safer world itself. 
And, and it benefits. You have to understand, while U.S. is a developed economy, India is an emerging economy. And a prosperous India is good for America. And uh, on that basis, what we see is market opportunity for U.S. companies. But more important is trying to bring in 400 million out of poverty into a, I call, a sustainable quality of life uh, in India itself. You know, we changed uh, the goals of what we were going to focus on with the strategic forum to be inclusive of all citizens, every state, all 29 states in India, all 50 states in the U.S., a dream about how startups can work together and create jobs in both countries, how together we could really make a difference on everything from defense to economic gain to inclusion and diversity uh, on it. However, in nonprofits, that's hard to do. And uh, you, you're leading it. How is it different? And kind of explain to our listeners, because you're you're literally, depending on the definition, you're, you're either you're getting a number of equals of executives from uh, the U.S. and India to fly together in formation, which is not something leaders normally do. And you're also saying we really want to make a difference and, and lead by influences. So it's kind of like hurting a bunch of us that aren't used to being hurted along. Uh, what, how do you lead in that environment? And, and you've done an amazing job of it, and I want the listeners to understand that. But give us some lessons learned on that, and then I want to jump into the pandemic in particular. John, I think it's important to look at the common agenda, common sense of direction, common platform, and, and leverage that. Yes, we will have differences, but I think there's more maturity on both sides to manage the differences. For example, you know, U.S. companies have a tremendous market share in India. You look at companies like Google, Amazon, Uber. Uh, they dominate the Indian economic environment, and they've been shut out of China. And uh, that's an opportunity for U.S. companies. As India economic prospers, uh, it helps U.S. companies to gain more market share. So there is a common agenda. And you have to understand, these companies create quality jobs. They bring sense of governance. They bring sense of transparency into the environment. So it is a win-win for both sides to leverage each other and prosper together. Let's move on to the challenges. And during times of crisis, that's when you really find out who your friends are and who they're not. Uh, it's hard for us to grasp in the U.S. how challenging the situation is. Uh, the way I convey it is that almost every friend that I have out of the uh, uh, and then diaspora here in the U.S. and almost every friend I have in India has had a loved one very sick or die. And the skill as it goes across 1.3 billion people has been really challenging. Uh, what is USISPF doing uh, to really make a difference here? And how do you bring a, a vision of working together to, to life during a times of crisis? John, as the old saying goes, a friend in need is a friend indeed. Uh, last year, when the U.S. was going through the COVID crisis, India stepped up and exported critical medicines to the U.S. And I think it's time that we as a community, we as an organization, step up and support. And what we have done is looked at uh, a, a threefold scenario for India, trying to help India from that perspective. Number one is how do we basically take off the pressure from the medical system, from the hospital system? So we in partnership with our member companies, are committed to ship in roughly 100,000 oxygen concentrators across the country itself. And we are on track moving in that direction. We have lined up antigen tests. We are sending up medicines. We are sending up oxygen, crypto-oxygen tanks into the country itself. 
So I think uh, we are looking at every aspect of the need and rallying up the U.S. companies to help us and, and drive those supplies. I would say on the average, we are getting one plane full, uh, plane full of supplies on a daily basis into the country. And you have to understand, this is not a handout. It's a, it's a partnership, it's a friendship, which is uh, basically trying to tell to the India that U.S. has stepped up, U.S. companies have stepped up, the U.S. citizens have stepped up to support India. So we are working from that perspective, making sure all the critical supplies come in. Uh, I'm going to ask you to give examples by companies, but just for our listeners, 100,000 oxygen containers, and, and it goes way beyond that. We are getting all the members and individuals to contribute to it, but what is 100,000 oxygen containers? How, how, what does it cost? Uh, for us to be able to purchase that and then go into India through the Indian Red Cross and with a, a tremendous help of the government there, get those distributed, just to give the audience a, a size of the challenge in front of us. So just, just on the concentrator, the cost is around $50 million. And, and that means reaching out uh, to companies such as Air Product, MasterCard, or, or IBM, or Accenture, uh, John, your foundation has contributed substantially uh, to this cause. So I just want to say thank you for that. So everybody's chipping in, helping us. And this is just one aspect. Then you look at antigen tests. You know, we got donations for Perkin Elmers for two millions of those uh, being shipped to India. Air Products stepped up and brought in 21 cryogenic uh, one-ton oxygen tanks. Uh, they sourced them from uh, Singapore, uh, from Bangkok, from uh, Abu Dhabi, and, and moved it to India. So everybody is trying to step up and support India from every aspect they can. You know, what was amazing to me is I saw almost all of the big American companies really jump in and a number of the startups and bring creativity in very unique ways to that uh, on it. Uh, at this time, what do we need to do better? Because, you know, one of the many things I like about you and, you know, and you've got an amazing team with Garab and Vivi, et cetera, on it, you have complete trust of the government within India and the individual chief ministers around and extremely strong relationships in Washington. What have we done right as countries and organizations? What can we do better? And this isn't meant to be critical, but it's just for all of us to say, uh, what, what, what have we learned and how as we continue through this crisis, uh, how do we address it in ways, perhaps learning some of the lessons from, from the past? John, the crisis is real. We have thousands of people dying every day in India. We have an economy which is getting destroyed on a daily basis. So while we try to plug the gap on short term by bringing supplies, we have to start thinking long term also as to how we get the economy uh, moving forward, getting U.S. investment coming in, creating more jobs. But I think it's important to learn uh, from the lessons. One is as we reacted and moved very fast with the Biden administration uh, to ensure that they can supply with what they can supply. So, and, and it, it was a little slow in the beginning, but they stepped up and, and moved from that perspective. As we bring in supplies, the solution lies in vaccination eventually. And I think uh, by the month of July, we estimate US will have over 300 million uh, doses of vaccines in the U.S. itself. So how do we basically collaborate and move those vaccines to India as time goes by? So first is bringing supplies, stop the bleeding, and then get into what I call is healing process by bringing vaccination into mid to long term into India. 
You know, when you think about crisis management, the lessons for all the leaders on this, for the business leaders in the uh, giving back to others or whether they're uh, in nonprofits, et cetera, or governments around the world, crisis management 101 is just to be very honest about the severity of the situation and the causes of it. Number two is to outline a plan of action for how you're going to deal with it and how each of the groups are going to participate in that. Uh, then to give regular updates on that plan of action, both what's working, what's not, where do we have to improve. And uh, then number four, you've got to paint a picture of what we look like when you come out. Having been through a number of crises, nothing like this in terms of the terrible effect on people, but major situations when I led Cisco or others, and you get knocked down. When you get knocked down, people, even you're in your own team, begin to lose a little bit of confidence and, and say perhaps the long-term plan will not be there. And this is what companies around the world, in my opinion, have done well in the last year of doing with the pandemic is realistic on how it's affecting them, their citizens, their country. But then you have to paint the picture for what we look like when we come out. You know, the vision of Prime Minister Modi uh, of a five trillion uh, economy in India. Uh, is that off track or uh, is this something that you still believe and I still believe is not only obtainable, but will happen and they will emerge to be one of the top three economies in the world, perhaps even a dream over time of the top economy. Your thoughts? John, uh, you know, there's a saying, a smooth sea never makes a good sailor. You need to have a certain amount of turbulence to bring in the character and values of individual and countries together. And I think this turbulence, which has come in India, is testing the relationship, the commitment of US, US companies and individuals between India and the US itself. You have to understand that India's vision of a $5 trillion economy stays on track. When I say on track, it may get delayed a little bit, but at the end of the day, India's economic growth will continue and companies and countries which partner with India now will benefit as the prosperity of India continues. So to answer your question, yes, the $5 trillion vision stays for India. It may get delayed by six months or probably 12 months, but India will become a $5 trillion economy in the next few years itself. You know, India uh, was viewed very much as a emerging powerhouse. Do you think this sets that back? John, it does not set uh, India back, you have to understand when you look at rise of India and rise of China, China is seen as a hard power, India is seen as a soft power. And India's contribution in the healthcare environment, India, uh, vaccination environment, India's contribution, tech environment, that will continue. We will come out of this crisis. You know, it may take three months, six months, and India will continue to rise as a strong econ economic power. On a different scale and, and purely on the business side, when I look at the startups that I coach in my time at Cisco as well and other leaders from the U.S., uh, we were much more of a, uh, a product. And as you think about India, I see it exactly the same way. Uh, I think we would have all done anything to avoid this, but watching how this works together is one image and how they would develop during this and learn from it and move forward, uh, I, I think is is a key element. I would never bet against India. I would never bet against this leadership team. And could we have all done things better? The answer would be absolutely yes. Uh, do you think the U.S. companies are going to alter their investments in India? You and I talked to all of them across our, our membership, et cetera. Uh, do you think this brings us to closer together? Do you think it uh, uh, will slow down the investments? Uh, your thoughts? 
John, uh, U.S. companies directly employ 4 million people in India. And indirectly, when you look at uh, the drivers, the cooks and support services, that's tenfold of 4 million, so around 40 million. The U.S. commitment uh, from an economic perspective, U.S. companies' commitment, I'm not saying shifting. They see India as a critical market, not only from a market growth perspective, but from R&D perspective, from a back office perspective. And that sentiment is still very, very strong. U.S. companies see this as an aberration. Yes, we could have done it better, but I believe that relationship will come out much, much stronger. And you see a strong investment coming in from U.S. into India as we move forward. You as a leader, I've watched you over this last year develop. What has changed in your leadership style now versus a year and a half ago when things everything was just right on course and and uh, it's entirely different leading during times of, of great success than when you get knocked down, we have to get back up. Tell me about your lessons learned. John, my, my lessons one initially was shock. You know, when you're seeing that uh, so many people are dying, friends, it was very personal. But I think it's important that uh, you stay uh, on focus. You basically drive objectives during that focus process itself. So, for example, we are focused on trying to deliver 100,000 concentrators in India. That's going to save lives. We are focused on trying to see how do we source vaccines for India. That's going to protect India in the long term. So you don't uh, shift in your direction itself. Yes, emotionally, sometimes uh, it can be draining. A fatigue can come in. But more important is, is, is India needs help. People need help. And you just keep on rallying the troops to make sure that you're providing all the resources, whatever is needed. So I'd say, John, yes, uh, it is personal. It's emotional. But uh, I have not changed my direction, my focus on trying to support India. What's your call to action? You know, it's important to share information. And this is part of responding to any crisis. But then it comes down to what are we going to do about it? How do we handle the crisis and, and, and minimize as much as we can the terrible devastation that's going on and then help people get ready for the inevitable upturn? What is your, what is your call to action that you'd like our listeners to hear from today? John, I think my call to action is step up. Uh, my call to action is, is, is a work towards trying to you know, uh, make sure the healthcare system in India uh, does not collapse because of the number of cases coming in. That means reaching out to organizations which are trying to support India from providing equipment, supplies, and eventual vaccination. So, you know, reach out to, for example, at our website, usispf.org, uh, if you want to contribute or reach out to other not-for-profit organizations and help them. I think it's a time to step up and support India. It is not trying to give a handout. I just want to make it clear. It's about friendship. It's about making sure that our partnership survives both in the short term and the long term itself. So it is in the interest of both countries, in the interest of the world itself, that India comes out stronger, better uh, through this crisis. You know, it's it's lessons learned in leadership. Uh, you're more product of how you handle your setbacks and your challenges, as we talked earlier. Uh, you develop relationships with your team, with your company, with your investors, with the public, uh, with governments 
uh, during the good times, but you really develop them during the tough times. It's when you get to see what are the inner fabric of all of us. We're we're far from perfect, myself in particular, uh, but it is when you build the tight relationships. For all of our listeners, I would challenge us. This is the chance to really make a difference. Uh, it's a chance to build relationships during the crisis that people remember forever. And as the inevitable upturn comes, and it will come, and it will probably not, looking back five years from now, uh, we will have underestimated how quickly the economy will come back from it. But I want to thank you, Mikesh, for your time today. I want to thank Gaurav and Nivi off your team for the difference you've made. All of us as members of USISPF are very proud of how you brought us together to make a difference and how we partner with the government leaders in India, with the business leaders in India, and perhaps most important, the individual citizens to make a difference. My call to action is very similar to yours. Very often people don't give because nobody they respect asks. Mikesh and I are both asking you to give. To open your pocketbooks and your heart uh, to really make a difference, whether you're an individual or a business. Uh, second is that people feel they cannot make a difference. And one of the things that, that USISPF is doing so well is you're showing how all the things are done from the oxygen containers to how you move things around to how we approach the vaccines, the pictures on the website with the FedEx planes coming in. They got unloaded in 25 minutes. Uh, by the Indian government and and got this into the Indian Red Cross and got it out to the citizens. Uh, it's it's a cooperation that is very heartwarming to see how people come together toward the crisis. So you really can make a difference. And the USISPF and others will show you what results that you have done. Uh, you get to see those results. So I'm asking each of you to, to give. Uh, the companies in America have been, in my opinion, very generous. We could be more generous and we can do, give again. Uh, as individuals, it's hard to ask other people to give when you don't. And, and I'm honored to have given over a million dollars multiple different ways to, to the causes there. Uh, whether we have been fortunate economically or not in our lives, uh, give up $1, give $10, give up $100,000. Uh, you can make a difference. And that's really what I'd like to ask the people listening today uh, to do. Uh, Mikesh, it's been an honor today. Uh, I want to thank the listeners for taking the time to join us today. And I uh, also want to share with you that we'll be increasing the frequency of the Chambers talks and doing it uh, even on a more than once a month type of basis in the future. Please continue to give us feedback, what you like, what you don't. Hopefully today you saw a different element of leadership and development and caring and corporate responsibility uh, as we move forward. I look forward to seeing all of you very soon. And Bakesh, I want to thank you in particular for your leadership and taking the time today to be with us. John, thank you very much.